I'm speaking with composer Carl Thiel, who has been working with uh, Robert Rodriguez for a long time, composing a, you know additional music on a you know slew of his films. Carl worked extensively on the original Machete as well. Carl is the lead composer for Machete Kills, which he co-composed with director Robert Rodriguez. Uh, thanks so much uh, for chatting today. I'm a huge fan of yours and everyone in Chingon and Robert and the whole gang. <laughs> thanks, Guy. I'm glad to be here. Appreciate it. Uh, so you've been working with Robert for quite a while now. So what led up to working with him, and how did you get into music you know, beforehand, and what led you to composing? Well, it, it's it's kind of a long story. Uh, it, to answer the the second part of your question first, uh, I grew up in a in a musical environment. My dad was a, a, a concert pianist, uh, so growing up in a in a house where where my dad would play piano every night, uh, music was a big part of my life. Um, I started playing piano when I was six. Uh, I started composing just instrumentals for fun uh, around ten or eleven. Um, but uh, interestingly enough, uh, I always thought music was going to be my hobby. I never really imagined I could make a living doing that. Mm-hmm. What I really wanted to do was uh, be a, a film director. So I came to UT to study RTF. Um, but uh, at the same time, I, I continued on with, uh, with my interest in music. You know, I play with bands and things of the sort. Uh, and I got the opportunity to do a, a, a score, a 30-second local television cable commercial. And... Uh, that was easy. I enjoyed doing that. And uh, uh, that led to more regional spots and that led to national spots. So uh, I was kind of getting, you know, really busy scoring commercials for, long, you know, for a while, uh, making a decent living. Uh, that led to corporate videos, then uh, documentaries and eventually feature films. So that's kind of my, my uh, process, which is, which is great for me because now I get to work on both worlds. You know, I get to play music and I get to play in movies, so I really enjoy that. Um, I feel very fortunate to be able to do that. Uh, As far as meeting Robert, it was a chance meeting. Uh, We were introduced, uh, uh, we both attended an event and we were introduced by a mutual acquaintance and uh, it just so happened, this was right after uh, Spy Kids, the first Spy Kids had been released Mm -hmm. Um, and it just so happened that he was looking for local uh, studio and producer to help him uh, put together the, the music for his uh, for the end credit song for uh, Spike Kids 2. He was finishing a production on that, and so uh, fortunately for me, you know, I was at the right place at the right time. Uh, I invited him to the studio, and uh, uh, you know, we ended up doing the track there. Alexa Vega sang sang the vocals, uh, and from there, we just I've, I've worked on every movie he's directed since then, uh, to one, in one capacity or another. Right. I mean, you've been part of it I, since then. It's in part of his musical team and everything. And right. and the, the the first Machete was awesome. I loved it. And I've you know grown up watching Robert's film, so I'm a huge fan. And of course, you know, I immediately pick out all the Easter eggs in his movies. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and the Machete kills. I noticed you know Desperado ringtone, Chingon tank car. You know, the penis right. gun and everything. Exactly. Um, all awesome. But for the the first Machete, the music credit was. Uh, music by Chingon, which is Robert's band that he put together, and now it's music by, mm-hmm. you know, you're headlining the music with Robert. So what right. changed in the musical approach from one to two? Did this movie call for a more focused approach for you to take the lead? 
Well, you know, it's, it's interesting you should ask that. Uh, on the first machete, you know, Robert likes to keep his uh, options open, you know, and he likes to invite different people, different points of view. And, and the, if you can notice in a lot of his movies, he has uh, he shares the credit with more than one composer most of the time. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, Sin City's got two other composers, and Grindhouse, there's several composers. And uh, when it came time to do the first Chingon, um, you know, I, I, we, he invited me to do a lot, of, a lot of the score. He also invited John Debney. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Rick Del Castillo, and uh, in the beginning, Tito Arriva and uh, Stephen Hufstetter wrote the original Machete theme for the trailer with Robert. Uh, that the trailer, I'm referring to the trailer that appeared in Grindhouse. Right, right. Um, so all of those elements kind of became the score of the of the movie. And just Robert had this brilliant idea of, of why don't we just call all these composers rather than give the the credit to seven composers, let's just call them Chingon. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, you know, as, as you know, Chingon is his uh, concept band. Right. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar, we actually have a CD uh, available. It's, it's on iTunes and uh, all, uh, other different kinds of outlets. I, I love it. I love it. The I have it. Mexican, yeah. spaghetti, Mexican Spaghetti Western. So uh, if you notice, those tracks have different musicians. So Chingon is really a, more of a concert band than anything. Uh, Robert is, of course, the, the, the center point of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the musicians around it rotate. Um, the latest incarnation of Chingon uh, uh, involves several musicians from here in, in town, and he loves to perform live. And you know, whenever we get the opportunity, we actually perform live. Uh, and I know he wants to do more of that. Uh, it just—he's such a—he's got so many things going on. He does so many different things that it's hard to find time to do everything. You know. Right. Uh, but uh, we love it when we get an opportunity to play live. Uh, it's it's a it's a great fun fun ride. Uh, so, uh, and when it came time to doing uh, this sequel. Uh, I don't know that he planned in the beginning to just focus the the, uh, the attention on one composer, uh, but it just turned out that way. So, you know, luckily for me, I got to have more of the credit. Um, but it's just a question of circumstance. I don't think it was a it was an actual decision mm-hmm. uh, that was made conceptually from the beginning. So, just who was available at the time to help out, pretty much. Well, that and just the the way that you know we had such a short period of time. I don't think there was as much time to invite different composers to try different ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a little bit more time on the first uh, on the first music, uh, sorry, first movie, and uh, so it just turned out that way. So and he's uh, and what's it like working with him? Because he's you know a director who pretty much does everything when he's working on the music. When he's right. working on the music with you, is he still the director, or does he put on his composer hat and speaks to you as a co-composer, or and not a director or an editor? Well, it's it's a little bit of both, really. Uh, you know, he's such a creative mind. He's a, an amazing creative force, and uh, you know, it's hard to distinguish, you know, which one I'm talking to. Um, but he always talks. The, the 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 really cool thing about it is that he, him being a great composer and a musician himself. I can communicate with him in tr- musical terms, mm-hmm. uh, and you know he, he's very clear. Uh, he's a great director, and whenever he has something specific in his mind, he can communicate it very clearly, uh, and that's a great advantage when you're working, especially under a deadline, uh, as as um, as tight as we had with my, when Machete kills. Um, so working with him, it's for me, it's hard to distinguish. I don't really even look for the 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 the, the difference between you know Robert Rodriguez the director and Robert Rodriguez the composer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we collaborate in so many different things. That, uh, for me, it's just working with a friend, right, uh, right. and it's it's a great relationship. Uh, you know, we worked so many so many so many projects by now. It's it, we have a shorthand, and it's it, it's a very comfortable relationship. So uh, you mentioned you had a very short uh, production schedule for this film. So what and 
you were definitely going to be part of it from the beginning. So what what point did you come in to start working on the music? Was it pre-production, production, production, post-production? Did you wait for a a first rough cut? Yeah. um, You know, the movie was shot last year, and they only had 29 days to shoot it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, did you see the film? I I did, yeah. I enjoyed it, yeah. I mean, just the thought of, of of that movie coming out of just 29 days of production is is unbelievable to me. The things that he can come up with and, and his abilities to do so much with so, so little is just incredible to me. Um, but when it came time to doing the music, you know, he has he has to take time to edit the film and do all the special effects on those kind of things. So those things take a lot of time. And in between, there's other projects that that take up his uh, his attention. So when it came time to deliver Machete. We had about uh, about eight weeks to actually do the music. Oh wow! Uh, and so you know, and if you notice, the the movie's populated with music from beginning to end. There, it's almost nonstop music all the way through. So we had about there's probably about 103, 104 minutes worth of music in the film. Wow. And that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so so we ended up squeezing an extra week uh, of the schedule. So the total, we had about nine weeks to do the the score. Even though I didn't know I was going to work on it uh, considerably far in advance, maybe a couple months in advance, but uh, we didn't really get crazy until uh, until we had the, uh, you know enough of a good cut to start working on it, and the cut kept evolving also while we were still working on it. You know there were changes in the cut, so you have to be um, adaptable as you work. You know you'll finish a cue and you think you're done, and then all of a sudden there's a new cut and you have to adapt it to the new cut. But that's all par for the course. That's kind of how technology's advanced uh, filmmaking these days. Yeah, and especially the way Robert works, I think, is great. It's not, you know, fast, and, and he's always kind of the known as a low-budget guy, but it's always a, a kind of an evolving process. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I really admire him. The way, you know, he, he, he's constantly dedicating so much time and effort and energy to making the best movie he can make. You know, even after we're done and... And everybody's gone home and everything. He's still there, you know, tweaking, editing, uh, you know, taking little bits of fat out uh, or, you know, fixing the mix to make sure it's as good as it can be before it goes out. Mm-hmm. And then I can tell in the final product, I mean, I just love his movies. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so so what was the musical goal for Machete Kills? It's, I mean, it's even more balls to the wall, ridiculously over the top, than, and it's so much right. fun than the first, you know, more than the first one. And... So what did the music need to do, and what did you want it to do? Well, you know, I mean, I, I, it was more of an adventure film, you know, because he travels to the deep jungles of Mexico and then ends up in the sci-fi futuristic world of Luther Voss, uh, which was played brilliantly, brilliantly by uh, Mel Gibson. Uh, so, you know, it kind of wanted more of an adventurous, bigger score, I think. Uh, and also, throughout the whole movie, you see these so many different... Uh, insanely colorful characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to give each one their own signature uh, soundscape and, and uh, theme. So that was kind of the initial uh, broad strokes idea of what I wanted to go with the score. And uh, I noticed that the, the the movie had a bit of a kind of a James Bond feel to it at times, kind of like crazy layers, to- over-the-top bad guys, gadgets and such. Did he try to reference Bond films musically at all? Yes, yes, he did. You know, when we talked about uh, Luther Voss particularly, he's definitely a, a Bond type uh, villain. Mm-hmm. So, so we wanted, and I'm a huge Bond fan. So, for me, it was a, a real pleasure to come up with those themes and those uh, musical layers for him. Right. Uh, so, yeah. And uh, so, with a movie like this, is there such a thing as too much? Can you do too much with it? Was there anything that you tried that didn't work that you had to kind of pull back? 
Well, there were a couple instances where uh, where some of the action scenes for for uh, Machete himself were some really fast-paced action was happening, and my instinct was to try and do some really up-tempo um, uh, guitar-driven music. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, in those instances, you know, I wasn't I wasn't really quite feeling like it was working as it should, and I wasn't sure where, where to go. And Robert had this brilliant direction when I finally showed those scenes to him. He said, you know, we need to go the other way. You know, when it's so much happening on screen, let's pull back the music and, and, and make it more uh, dramatic, slower, uh, bigger strokes. Uh, one of references, he said, more Conan, he would say, you know. <laughs> uh, so that, that was a brilliant direction in his part because it, it, it totally made sense. It worked so much better. Once we did those cues, um, they really fit better, the, the action on the screen. And it gave it so much more weight instead of um, making it lighter than than it should be. Right, which and I, I mean everything. The whole film is a, I mean it's such a, a lot to take in. It's kind of like an assault on the senses, but it all yeah. has, it all had a very kind of a, a a flow to it and a structured feel. So I mean I I really enjoyed myself. Um, but Good. to but to wrap up, I always love to ask composers uh, this one question: If you could score any film ever made with no disrespect to the original composer or the score itself, which film would you choose? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's difficult. Uh, it's hard to imagine Star Wars without John Williams' brilliant score, but oh, yeah. I, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and that was, that was such a, a turning point film for me. Uh, I was at a very impressionable age when that movie came out, and I just love that movie, the original Star Wars, you know, uh-huh. New, New Hope. Uh, I think it would be a, a great uh, experiment to try and score that uh, without uh, John Williams in my head, you know. <laughs> well, hopefully, <laughs> see what comes up. <laughs> hopefully, when Machete goes to space next time, maybe you'll get a chance to test that out. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yes. <laughs> well, Carl, thank you so much uh, for your time and sure. I, and for every, you know a huge fan of your work, and I'll continue to anticipate everything you do. So, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Okay, it was my pleasure. 